what's going on faithful jay sahoda zach chevy another episode of the 49 away podcast as we are into the second week of march a lot to get to on this episode we're gonna go over the quarterback carousel around the nfl russell wilson is out of the nfc west he is headed to denver we're going to talk a bit about that carson wentz is on the move yet again he is headed to washington we'll talk a bit about that and then what does that mean for jimmy garoppolo we'll talk about where we think he's going to get traded and all of the rumors and news there as well and then we'll talk about some other free agency rumors regarding the niners jc jackson's and name from popping up dj jones possibility of him bringing back We'll talk about all of that and much more. So keep it locked. We got a good one coming your way. And next week, free agency is on March 16th. So we'll have a lot more then. And also don't forget to give the 49 away a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. We are into week two of March and free agency rumors and news are starting to heat up. And boy, yesterday there was news that shook the entire NFL landscape. And we're going to talk about that because for the first time in history on the 49 Away podcast, we actually have something positive to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. We'll get to that in a little bit. Jay Soda, Zach Chevy, we probably won't be as long as last week, but we still got a little bit to at least preview for next because next week we should have a lot more to get to as free agency starts on March the 16th. Chevy, how's it going, my guy? Pretty good. It's been a crazy week of football in the NFL news circle. You know, even though uh, free agency hasn't started up, there's been, it seems like it's been uh, like so long since we heard about the Calvin Ridley news. And that was just a couple of days ago. It, it's been a crazy couple of days. And man, am I excited to be a Niners fan, especially after having to deal with Russell Wilson for so, so long, and he is finally gone. Oh, my God, bro. I can't even I – I can't even express what I was feeling yesterday when I saw the notification. When Richard Sherman got cut, I was happy from Seattle. I was ecstatic. I was like, finally, you get rid of this dumbass. Don't have to hear him anymore and all this trash talk. And then, like four days later, we hear him sign with the Niners. I was like, "Oh, I guess I got. I guess we got to. I guess we got to root for him now. I guess." They, but nah, and and let alone did that change our entire perspective on Sherm? To now, he's a guy who we all love and respect uh, to this day. But this one, oh my God, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. Where do I even begin with this guy? He has made our lives absolutely miserable for the last decade. There is no way to sugarcoat this. The Niners, how many times have we beaten Seattle in the last 10 years? What, four times, three times out of like, like out of like 20 possible games that we could that, that we played the Seahawks? We would get killed every single time, even when we were better, which including in the last two years, the Niners were the better team. And yet we still went, I think it was 0-4 actually. I think we lost all four games. We lost all four yep. games. We got swept by them both times. Like, I don't know what to tell you. We've been the better team, and yet we still could not pull it off because Russell Wilson was quarterback, and nothing pissed me off more than when to be in the fourth quarter. You got a chance, and Russell Wilson is just scrambling behind the pocket, and then just throws up a deep prayer, and then it's caught by Tyler Lockett or Doug Baldwin, and the announcers go crazy, the 12s go crazy, and you're like, how the hell does this guy just keep doing this? Like, it's, it's just beyond me that he keeps doing this. And to know... 
that we don't have to deal with that again? Oh my God, man. I got to let it all out. Hold up there. Hold up. We do got to deal with him again because we are facing the Broncos this year. But at least yeah. we got to deal with them with one game rather than two. But, you know, I've, I've always been such a fan of, like, Russell Wilson, the player. Not Russell Wilson, the Seahawks quarterback, the Seahawks star who has haunted and haunted the Niners fans forever. But the player, Russell Wilson, I've, all, I've always been a fan of his game and what he's done. So seeing him go to the Broncos, it actually finally – it feels nice because I can finally root for him. And I, I, the AFC West, man, I, I know we're an NFC podcast, an NFC West podcast. But if you look over to the AFC West, that division is so damn stacked now. All four teams I could see making the playoffs, and I wouldn't bat an eyelash. It's just so much competition. We thought the NFC West was the best division by far last year. The AFC West this year, this upcoming year, looks like the most dangerous division ever, man. Oh, without a doubt. The, the AFC West, the AFC West has definitely turned into the best division in football. Absolutely. Because Seattle, geez, I don't even know what direction they're going in now. And especially after losing Bobby Wagner now, too. I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on there. Arizona, I can't take them seriously until they actually win some games in December, <laughs> for God's sakes. So I can't take them seriously. So really, it's just the Niners and the Rams, really. It's just the Rams that we can take care of. Because every time we play the Rams, they show up. So they're the only yep. team I'm worried about. Rodgers going back to Green Bay, bro, that doesn't that doesn't scare me at all. Like, what have, what have the Packers shown me over the past, like, several years? It's the same stuff over and over again. So I'm not, I'm not scared of the Packers. The Packers, the Packers, it's the same thing for them. What they do in the regular season literally does not matter. Like, there's no mm-hmm. point of even watching a single Green Bay Packer regular season game until the playoffs. That's how I feel since we're in in, in March mode, in March Madness. That's how I, I'm a Gonzaga Bulldog fan. I feel the same way about them. I don't watch the regular season. I just watch whatever happens in the tournament. That's the Green Bay Packers. So, like, I don't give a crap if Aaron Rodgers got Devontae Adams. Great. Good for you. Get to the Super Bowl, then let's talk. Um, and then that's it. That's it in the NFC. Like, that's, that is literally it. There's not mm-hmm. the Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys are good, but like again, until they can get in out of their own way, are we going to take the Dallas Cowboys seriously? But other than that, you look across the NFC, you're like, I, I don't see many great deals. Like I, I think Minnesota's got to prove that they can be good, but the the talent is there. But that's it. I don't really see anything else in the NFC, but the AFC, bro. Oh almost God. almost every single team is a competitive team. Like outside of the Jets. The Texans, the Jaguars, who I actually think if the Doug Peterson thing goes well, they will get into mm-hmm. this conversation. And that's it. That's literally it. Yeah. Every other team is a good team in the AFC. And I'm glad the Niners are in the NFC, and I'm glad that Trey Lance doesn't have to deal with that. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I think the last, like, two or three years, we were always saying about how the NFC is so stacked. It's so stacked. The AFC, you know, they're in a poverty uh, cycle right now. The NFC is the the conference to look out for. And now it's the complete opposite. As you said, there's probably four to five teams, closer closer to four teams that are uh, competing in the NFC this year, whereas there's three to four teams in the AFC that maybe aren't competing. It's just ridiculous how the talent level, especially at quarterback, is so lopsided in the AFC and the NFC that you're seeing. Like it's it's just ridiculous how it it can, it can switch so quickly. But yeah, looking at the NFC, like 
I'm not too worried about the Packers in the postseason. Every time we get there, we somehow figure them out with an injured Jimmy G. Like, if Jimmy G doesn't even have to play the game, we could put Kyle Juszczyk at quarterback and we'd still beat them mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. yeah that's, just, that's just the way it goes against the Packers. So, yeah, I, the Packers are going to get into the playoffs. They have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams for one year, more year, maybe two more years, although I don't know if they can tag Adams again after this year in it how much money it would cost them to do it. All I know is from the reported deal that apparently is inaccurate from Aaron Rodgers himself, uh, that deal uh, is very backloaded. So they would be able, they'd be, be they'd be looking at a two-year period of winning uh, with a cap space to spend to bolster the team. But after that, it's going to be, it's going to be a bit of a poverty period for the Packers fans, which all of us were hoping was this year. We were all hoping that Aaron Rodgers was going to retire or move on because as much as we don't, as much as we think, oh, it's fine, we can beat him. Aaron Rodgers is back-to-back MVPs. Like the, the man is legit, legit. So, yeah, we can beat him, but I would have liked if he retired. If the Packers don't make the Super Bowl next year, it'll be embarrassing. Like I'm not even. I know it's it's March. It is far too early to make accusations like that. But just going over the complexion of the NFC, like I can't. Like look. Rodgers and Russell Wilson were kind of the only two big star quarterbacks, right, that we thought might have made a move, but we didn't really think it would happen, but then it actually did happen, and one of them moved to the AFC, so it was kind of like, I don't really know if anyone else is coming to the NFC. Like, I can't really see that. Like, if Tampa's still looking for a quarterback, uh, New Orleans is still looking for a quarterback, and I think that's it in the NFC, um, yep. Washington traded for Carson Wentz. We'll get to that in a little bit, but that really does not make me go crazy or anything. I think if, if anything, I think Heineke was actually better, but we can dive into that in a, in a few minutes. <laughs> and then obviously we got to see where Garoppolo falls and all of this too, but back to the Russell Wilson thing, that was a finish there. I, I mean, this is, I mean, yesterday was just a beautiful day an absolutely beautiful <laughs> day to have number three out of the NFC West. Like I can't tell you man, this guy made me so mad and frustrated year after year after year to the point where that Drake Greenlaw, like that Drake Greenlaw stop at the one yard line, it meant more. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It meant so much more. And some people don't understand. People think, oh, it was for the NFC West. But yes, it was for the division title. It was for the number one seed. It was on the road in a place that we haven't won in like eight years and against a rival that we have hardly beaten in eight years. That would like that game meant so much more than any other win. That one I will hold on to for a long time. And Russell Wilson, same point to you that you just said, Chevy. I feel the same way that you do about Russ. I, I'm kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, nah, I kind of just hated him because he's in Seattle, <laughs> Seattle really. I think he's, he's, a, he's a great dude, man. He's an unbelievable yeah. person, unbelievable guy. Great, like, I think he's a good quarterback. I honestly don't think he's as good as people think he is. I think he's really good. Like, he deserves all the credit he deserves. But more importantly, and I said this yesterday, Russell Wilson, yes, is a great quarterback. I don't know about it. You know, Aaron Rodgers, I think, has a, little, a lot more to offer. But yeah. Russell Wilson is a great, and not great, he's an incredible leader. And that's exactly what the Denver Broncos' young youth team needs because they got a young Jerry Judy, a young Corlin Sutton, a young Javante Williams, a young Justin Simmons, a young Patrick Sertan, the list goes on. Now you add a Super Bowl champion and, and, and nine-time Pro Bowler Russell Wilson to that team, 
I like that. And now I can root for Denver because I don't like KC and we don't like the Raiders either. So we can, we can root for Denver, <laughs> except for whenever the hell we play them next year. That was, I'm not going to lie. That kind of pissed me off when I saw them. Like, shit, we go to Denver next year. Damn it. We have to see him again. Yeah, it sucks that we have to see him again. And they also may bring back Vaughn Miller to Denver, you know. Would not be surprised. He's deciding between them and the Rams, it sounds like. But if he goes back to Denver, man, that team is looking crazy. Their defense was looking great last year. I agree. You know, I I never thought they should have got rid of Vic Fangio, but they did get rid of Vic Fangio, and now they have a more offensive-minded coach. And now you have all this young talent on offense and a veteran leader, a veteran quarterback. You know, the O-line's pretty decent there, too. So, it. They have all the pieces that they were kind of missing in Seattle. You know, they have that defense that uh to help Russ out in those bad situations. They have that O line which Seattle has been missing for God knows how many years. They they have the young wide receivers. You know, the wide receivers they're a bit unproven, but I mean, you see the talent in Southern. You see the talent in Tim Patrick, and you see the talent in Jerry Judy. And, you know, like if you have Russ throwing, Russ is the master of making time, especially with a terrible O-line. So you give him a, you give him uh, receivers that can go downfield and make the big plays. And, and this is exactly what you need. And Russell Wilson, I think, will fit perfectly into that offense. And I'm actually very excited to see how the Broncos do next year. Uh, it is such a tough division, though. There's a chance they could finish third in the division and make the playoffs. So there's a chance they could finish fourth in the division if uh, Josh McDaniels, Derek Carr, and the Raiders uh, somehow shock the world and don't finish fourth in that division. I, I think the only reason people are uh, saying they're going to finish fourth in that division is because of their quarterback, who Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. But when you're in the same division as Mahomes, Herbert, and Russell Wilson – you're clearly the fourth option in that uh, division. So, I don't know. McDaniels is going to have a lot of work on his hand. Uh, the, that entire division is going to have a lot of work in that their hands. And I'm telling you, they, they face eight times that entire season. And, oh, it's going to be such a fun time when those divisions play each other. Every time they play those games will be entertaining, I can guarantee you. Who would have thought a Broncos-Chargers game? Would have been good like four years ago. <laughs> Who would have thought? You would have said Justin Herbert against Russell Wilson twice a year. God damn. But I mean, you know what? The, the other part for Russell Wilson is like playing a division like that is like like for him. That's like, dude, I've been doing this. <laughs> like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like he's had to he, like this past season. He had to face Matthew Stafford twice. Kyler Murray twice. Jimmy Garoppolo twice. Like it's this is not, you know what I'm saying? This is a guy that, that had to go. They knew him. That's what I'm saying. This is a guy that had to go up against, you know, Jared Goff when he played at his best football. Carson Palmer where he played his best football. Colin Kaepernick when he played his best football. Russell Wilson has taken on all of these guys and has made the playoffs almost every time. Like, I think the Seahawks have only not made the playoffs like twice in his tenure. So, I would expect Denver to make the playoffs. But I was also, I was also saying this the other day too, that this isn't one of those things kind of like Tampa where they went and they signed Brady and like, we have to win now. Like, this is it. We're mm-hmm. this Super Bowl this year. This is not like that. Russell Wilson's 33. Russell Wilson can play to at least 40. I honestly think he's going to try to play to at least 40 unless his body yeah. un- is not, you know, doesn't let him go there. But outside of this season, which was a thumb injury, nothing too crazy, he's been able to stay healthy. So Denver is, is trading up to not just get one or two years of Russell Wilson. They're trying to get like five, six years out of him. So this year is not necessarily... We got to get to the Super Bowl. If they do, that's just gravy. But 
let's get to the playoffs. Let's get these young guys some, you know, big game experience. Let's get um you know what I'm saying? Let's get a lot of these guys experience in yeah. the playoffs. Let's get them some big game experience against the Kansas City Chiefs, right? And and so many other great teams, the, the Ravens, the Colts, the Bills, like so many in there. Like, oh, okay, I got to check. Does, does Denver play Buffalo next year? Russell Wilson against Josh Allen? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's, man, it's going to be absolutely nuts. And yeah, good luck that, to the Raiders, man. I mean, they they should have enjoyed their stay on wildcard weekend because I don't know if that's going to last very long. Yeah, that, that's the thing about the AFC is there's only three wildcard spots and two of them could potentially go to that one division in the AFC West. And then what? You're left with uh, Buffalo maybe not making it, the Ravens not making it, the Patriots not making it, the Bengals who made it to the uh, yep. Super Bowl this year. Yep. They could potentially not make it. It's just the AFC is so stacked, man. I really don't like know how that division is going to go. And keeping up with the Seattle Seahawks news, to put the cherry on top of what was already an amazing day for Niners fans, Bobby Wagner, all-time great Seahawk, gets released by the Seahawks. <laughs> and all you see is Seattle fans just melting down all over the internet. And it just put a smile on every single Niners fan's face. Yesterday was by far one of the best days in Niners history. I'm not even, but look, man, I, I'm, I'm not even, like, capping here. I don't know who the hell is going to be starting a quarterback for the Seahawks. If it's Drew Locke or Marcus Mariota or the, some Kenny Pickett. I, I don't know who's going to be yeah. starting a quarterback for Seattle. Like, Geno Smith, maybe. Who the hell knows? But like honestly, until we sweep the Seahawks, I'm not, I'm not saying crap, man. The Seahawks are still the Seahawks. You get, you could take the Russell Wilson out of Seattle, but the Niner Seahawks rivalry does not change. You know what I'm saying? We gotta change oh, yeah. it. Trey Lance, maybe Trey Lance is the new Russell Wilson, right? Maybe Trey Lance comes in and he rules the Seahawks for the next 15 years. Oh my God! Now I sound like a Buffalo Bill fan. Good lord. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, nah, it's gonna be something else. And look at no, Denver does not play Buffalo next year, but. They got the, the obviously the divisional games. They play the Colts next year, like we talked about the Niners, and they do go back to Lumen Field to take on the Seattle Seahawks. That should be something. That should be something. Next season, Russell Wilson goes back to play the Twelves on the road. They play the Rams next year. That's a big one. They play the Ravens. It's a tough schedule. It'll be interesting to see that. But we can talk more about that in 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 May and and as the season goes on. But man, Russell Wilson. Traded to Denver for a massive haul, what they're calling the biggest trade in NFL history. Absolutely bonkers. And I feel no certain way to it. Later, have fun in Denver, Russ. And for Bobby Wagner, go anywhere but the NFC West, please. Anywhere. Even if you go to Green Bay, be prepared to lose in the NFC Championship game. That's all I got to say. Other than that, please, sayonara. Later. Peace out. Easy. Goodbye. And that is the end of the Seattle Seahawks era for now, until Drew Locke ends up beating Trey Lance in some Week 12 <laughs> stupid game. But but anyways, let's hope that doesn't happen. On to the other trade that happened earlier today, Carson Wentz. I mean, I'm not sure how much you bought into this, but I, I mean, I kind of assumed it would be a discussion because the Colts were just pissed after, I mean, who wouldn't be after losing to Jacksonville yeah. in that fashion and blah, blah, blah. But the fact that it actually happened, I'm like, damn, and to, to trade him to Washington, you know, that's a little, I don't know, man. They didn't do him very good with that. And now he's back in the NFC where he's got to go to Philly every year and play the Eagles twice a year against Jalen Hurts, the guy that took his job. A lot on the line there. What, what are your thoughts on the Carson Wentz going to Washington? 
Yeah, as a Niners fan, this deal is amazing for the Niners for one big reason, and that is because we are going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I don't kind, I don't quite understand this deal for Washington. I understand they need I don't a get it at quarterback. All. They want a veteran quarterback. They think their roster, I guess, is ready. But Carson Wentz is not that guy. Carson Wentz in 2020 in Philly, there, there was something different about him. He clearly was not the same Carson Wentz that we were uh, used to. Uh, Indianapolis brings him in. The only reason why they bring him in, Frank Reich. He believes in him as a person. He believes in him as a football player. What happens this year? The Colts lose to Jacksonville in the most meaningful game of their season, in the last game, and they miss the playoffs. What happens? Apparently, Frank Reich is all right with letting go of uh, Carson Wentz. He thinks he's not a leader in the locker room. The guy who put his job on the line, basically, to bring in Carson Wentz. What does Indianapolis do? They somehow get rid of his entire $28 million contract and still acquire three or two-thirds and a pick swap of the second-rounders. That means they get a better second-rounder because Washington was worse than Indianapolis, and they get two third-round picks. So I don't really understand where Washington was coming from. My, my guess is maybe Jimmy Garoppolo didn't want to go to Washington, didn't want to be a commander, so they were out on him, and the only person left for them was Wentz. But I still think they kind of overpaid for Wentz. But looking at the Colts, you're now going on to your, I think it's seventh quarterback in seven years. That is not good. Not good at all. And who knows who their quarterback's going to be? Why would they make the move when they have the roster they do have? Unless they're going after Jimmy G, which is obviously where we're going to go uh, later on. Talk about where Jimmy G can possibly go. And yes, the Colts are definitely up there because you don't trade away a veteran quarterback and, like, who's their quarterback now? They have absolutely no one. Sam Ellinger? Yeah. Are you a... really going to start him? Like, looking at their roster, they have one of the best O-line in the league. They have the best running back in the league in Jonathan Taylor. They have such a good uh, young wide receiver in Michael Pittman. Their defense is great with the leadership of Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner. They're really kind of a quarterback away from being true contenders in the AFC. So I don't understand this trade for them unless they're getting back a veteran quarterback like Jimmy G. I would expect, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I would expect Defoe to be in Chris Ballard's office like the minute mm-hmm. this, trade, this trade happened. He'd be like, look, man, if you, if you want to find a quarterback, I know a guy from San Francisco that I think we could use. Um, but I've heard, of, I haven't read the whole article or anything, but I've seen um, a few rumors and notifications earlier this evening saying how, uh, Carson Wentz wasn't a great leader. Indianapolis saw some things off the field that they didn't really like, and there was a bit of a um, a bit of a souring taste of their relationship late in the season. I think that kind of all culminated in that ugly, ugly loss in Week 18 to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and because that that shouldn't happen. Like that shouldn't happen. Like I get divisional games can get weird, no question. And Jacksonville had some really weird games. Like the Buffalo game was just. that that was something from a different planet like that was just completely backwards but you should have won that game like come on like that's not a you know what i'm saying like if you you Mm -hmm. you got to get this done you got to get this done it's not it's it's jacksonville man like come on and 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 he should have done that when should have had a better year you should have got that all you got to do is get into the playoffs and just ride carson wentz to the chip and that's my thing because say what you want about jimmy garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo is clutch as hell. 
and he's tough as nails. He played that Rams game in Week 18, the same day that Carson Wentz had this epic meltdown in Jacksonville. Jimmy Garoppolo had the game of his life with a sp- actually no, he sprained shoulder the week after with a injured thumb where he mm-hmm. could hardly grip a football. Yet somehow, some way, found a way to do it and lead his team from 17 down on the road. Obviously, it felt like a home game, but on the road against the eventual Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams and got the Niners into the playoffs. That's the guy you need. And if I'm the Indianapolis Colts looking at that game, obviously that game was after the Colts' epic meltdown, and I'm Chris Ballard, and I'm looking at that, I'm like, holy jeez, the likelihood of this guy being on the market is pretty likely, right? That's what it seems. It's been very open in the market that, you know, Garoppolo expects this to be his last game. Lynch is saying they're expecting it. Shanahan's it, but we're all expecting, you know, the the inevitable to happen. I I, I do think they're going to do it because also a certain 49er that I just named two minutes ago also got traded for a first-round pick, mind you, right? We got a first-rounder for DeForest Buckner. So I could see a nice little deal going on with Indy knowing that Lynch and Ballard have that kind of relationship where the Niners could get a nice package in exchange for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I heard a lot of rumors earlier about Jimmy going to the Saints, and I was like, "Mm, I don't love that because, yes, the Saints don't have Sean Payton, but the Saints still have Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas is still on that roster. I don't know if he's going to play next year, but he's still on that roster. Like, the Saints, the Saints aren't a bad team. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, if you put a Jimmy Garoppolo on that team, like, they're going to be scrappy. And I don't like that. <laughs> like, we, I know there's hardly any team you got to compete with. Mind you, we play the Saints next year, too. So, I don't know how I feel about that. I would prefer get Jimmy out of the NFC, let him go, you know, full blow for blow with the, with the all-star AFC guys and just get him out of the NFC I would rather have that but I think Indy is a really good situation similar to how I feel about Pittsburgh I think Pittsburgh is an excellent spot for him too I don't know about New Orleans they're still in the mix will be interesting but then just wrapping up the Carson Wentz topic though I don't again this is very typical of Washington very typical of Washington like I I saw the rumor we, we talked about it last week how we saw that rumor how there was uh, Washington was was looking into 42 different quarterbacks yeah. to fill that position. And they came out of this with Carson Wentz? Out of- apparently, apparently, they were looking into Russell Wilson and made a big offer for Russell Wilson, but he ended up going to the Broncos. Ah, I don't think Wilson would have waived his trade. That's what I'm saying. Anyways. That's, that's what I'm saying. And if I if I am correct, Russell Wilson had a, had a no trade clause as well, correct? Yeah. Okay, yep. so there you go. So yeah, Russell's probably like, screw that. I heard a rumor earlier today that Jimmy also said, screw that. Yep. <laughs> and apparently he also said, no, he's like, I would go to this. And obviously, because the Saints have had a winning culture for years. The Steelers have had a winning culture for almost two decades. And the Colts, yes, they just need a freaking quarterback. They are one mm-hmm. quarterback away from being a legitimate contending team. I guess if Jimmy Garoppolo's on that team last year, that's who am I kidding? The Niners and Colts are almost identical. Like they have exact yep. like they both love to run the football. They have a crazy good offensive lineman. They have good defenses. They like to, to rush the quarterback right with with pass rush. The Colts have a good pass rush. The Niners have a good pass rush. They're a very similar team, right? Good offensive minds. Frank Reg Frank Reg ain't no Kyle Shanahan, but he's a damn good head coach. Yes, you know what I'm saying? You could see the parallels there. So Jimmy Garoppolo would would be perfect in the Jimmy Garoppolo's been healthy twice for the Niners and has led them to the NFC Championship game both times. Actually, mind you, no, he wasn't healthy the second time, but still led them to the NFC Championship game. That's the guy you need. And when I read 
when I read those comments about Indianapolis and how they felt about Carson Wentz, and it seemed like they were missing leadership, and I was like, man, this is Jimmy Garoppolo written all over it. Like, this is, this is Jimmy G. Why do you think everybody respects him so much? Why do you think he even played this year, Ralph? Because of how everybody respects Jimmy Garoppolo, the person. Because Jimmy Garoppolo, I'll tell you, I don't give a, whoever the hell still talks shit about him. Y- y'all just living under a rock at this point. I don't even want to talk to those people. But if you want to talk real facts, Jimmy Garoppolo deserves to be freaking respected because of how he is one handled himself, battled through injuries, and yes, managed to perform still at a level. One win away from the Super Bowl with a sprained shoulder and a messed up thumb. It's good, it's good yeah. stuff. Indianapolis needs that kind of grit. Well, yeah, what I'll say about this is there's. I think two clear options that are uh, looking at Jimmy and then a couple uh, options in the back in the NFC. The two clear options, as you mentioned, it's Pittsburgh and the Colts. I think they're going at a bidding war right now for Jimmy G. The other teams that are probably interested in called and have talked are the Saints and potentially the Buccaneers. Those are the two yeah. teams in the NFC that are desperately looking for a quarterback, a veteran quarterback. Do it seems I like the that... lost team in all this, right, Tampa? Yeah, yeah. Be, because, you know, after Brady gone, they they have to scramble. They don't know what to do. So if I'm Tampa and the Saints and I'm looking at my team, I'm looking at my roster, I'm looking at – if I'm the Saints, I'm looking at Sean Payton just retired. You know, it's a new coach. It's a new era. Am I willing to give up a package greater than two-thirds uh, and a swap of seconds in order to uh, get Jimmy G? And I'm not sure. And, and if it's the same package that the AFC teams are offering – I'm pretty confident we're going to ship him off to the AFC because, as you said, we don't want to face Jimmy G. We know how good Jimmy G is. And, and one thing that you've mentioned that we talked about a bit on this show and Carson Wentz is the leadership aspect. You can talk to any player, any coach, any person in the organization, and they will tell you Jimmy G is a leader. He, he is a leader by example. He, he is someone who is loved in that locker room, and he's someone that people respect, that have so much respect for in that locker room, and he's a winner. If you have leadership and winning abilities in this league, any team would salivate to have you. So right now, I think the Niners are in the perfect position. You know, the, the two biggest dominoes in the quarterback carousel, the three biggest dominoes in the quarterback carousel have fallen. Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. Russell Wilson has moved to the Broncos, and Carson Wentz is now gone. The only veteran quarterback available right now is Jimmy Garoppolo, and there are two to four teams that are looking for a veteran quarterback to try and win now. So what is that, too? It creates a bidding war. You know that the minimum offer right now is that Carson Wentz offer, and and there's no way we aren't getting at least that because Jimmy Garoppolo is a better player than Carson Wentz. He's a better leader, and he's a better winner. All of the stats prove it. Every team would rather have Jimmy Garoppolo at his salary than Carson Wentz at his salary. So I think the Niners are actually going to get a better deal than I thought originally coming into this offseason because of the Carson Wentz deal. Yeah, no, that's that, that that's totally fair. I think that's a good point. And also, Jimmy Garoppolo actually has playoff experience. Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. has actually been to a Super Bowl, played in a Super Bowl. And I know Carson Wentz. He, I get it. Injuries kind of held them back, but guess what? Injuries also held Jimmy back. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the stuff there. And yet Jimmy still had that experience. He's been there. He's done that. And I know he hasn't performed his best in the postseason, 
but he damn has played lights out when he's needed to. And that Rams game is a, the Rams game. I will never forget that. That to me was just one of the best games I have ever seen in my life as a Niners fan uh, personally, but just that performance, that grit, everything on the line there to play that the saints game back in uh, 2019. Oh my Lord. Um, there were, there's, there's been multiple, multiple late game heroics from Jimmy Garoppolo and, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, I think that's that's what the Colts need. And if, if Garoppolo is able to stay healthy, watch Indianapolis go 13 and 3 next year and win the, and get the number one seed. It may sound crazy right now, but like honestly, anybody can win the freaking AFCs next year. Buffalo could win it, Cincy could win it, uh, Baltimore could win it, KC could win it, Denver could win it, my like Miami could come. Honestly, that year earlier, Chevy, when you were talking about the AFC teams, I'm like. I was about to jump in and be like, don't forget about McDaniel in Miami mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I've been saying ever since he got hired, I'm like, I wouldn't sleep on the Dolphins, man. Like they could be a danger. I don't know if they're going to win the division, but they, were, they will definitely be in the wild card mix. Like AFC is absolutely insane. Man. It's like the, the West, it's like the NBA, the East and the West, right? The East, you got Brooklyn, Milwaukee, uh, Philadelphia, and like that's it, right? Those are like the top three. West, like 10 teams that you're like, um, they, they could all compete. That's the NFL now. The AFC is the West and the NFC is the East. So it's unbelievable. And then one more point to the Washington thing too that I was going to bring up is the fact that you're moving on from Taylor Heineke, who I get it. In hindsight, Carson Wentz might be a bit of an upgrade, but like realistically, is he really though? Like is he, is, is Carson Wentz really that much of an upgrade over what you had over Taylor Heineke? Like take the, Taylor Heineke, has more playoff experience than Carson Wentz. Even if it's just one game, Taylor Heineke has more playoff experience, and Taylor Heineke balled out in that one playoff game that he had. He's not a... So, I don't really... Again, this is... Honestly, it's not even to say that, man. Washington, I expect nothing less out of them, honestly, at this point. So, we'll see how that goes there. Um, But as for Jimmy, like... This will be interesting, man. It'll be interesting, and I hope the bidding war that you talked about... That's good for the Niners, man. John John Lynch has got to be loving it. He's got to be his phone's probably oh, ringing yeah. every ten minutes because and that's a good thing because Lynch Lynch and Adam Peters got to be like, all right, who who's gonna give up the most? Maybe someone you know pull pull, pull something out of the you know what and gives us a first rounder. That would be unbelievable if that happened. And the next thing you know, we're picking in the first round again. That would be ideal. But honestly, who wants Jimmy that bad? That's the thing because here's the thing with Jimmy, you just never know. You could you could have a Jimmy Garoppolo that could take you all the way to the Super Bowl, or you could also get only five games of Jimmy Garoppolo next year if he's not able to stay healthy. It's a gamble, but I will tell you this right now. If I had to sell and I had to do a pitch for Jimmy G, I would. I would do it. Oh, for heaven's sakes. He's been the Niners quarterback for the last five years, and I've been having to pitch Jimmy G to my own fan base that he's a good enough quarterback. But I do think he's he is going to be that guy, man. I, I think Indy, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, like whoever gets him, you're getting a freaking good quarterback that's going to come in there and lead your football team. And I know wherever he goes, man, if he's going to be on the Saints, he's going to be a little harder rooting for him. But if he goes to Indy or Pittsburgh, you bet your ass I'll be rooting for them in the 1 o'clock window every Sunday. Yeah, that you've said it perfectly. You know, I, I think it's pretty obvious that there are these four teams that are most likely going to make a move on Jimmy. And I feel there is a good chance that between now and tomorrow, which is Thursday, March 10th, I think there's a chance that Jimmy G will be moved uh, by sometime by the end of day tomorrow. By the time we wake up, we we, we could wake up tomorrow morning. It could happen. 
Uh, if we get a first, I'm over the moon thrilled. If we don't get a first and we get a second and maybe a third, I'm still thrilled. And I think that's a great deal. Uh, I don't know exactly what we're going to get, but I have a feeling it's going to be better than the Carson Wentz deal. But yeah, the, you know, we've talked about Jimmy G. We've talked about Jimmy G moving on all uh, summer long or all spring long. Summer hasn't even started yet. But uh, now it's time to, you know, talk about uh, some of the transactions. We've actually made a couple uh, minor transactions uh, today. We've uh, signed Keaton Sutherland uh, to the reserve future contracts. He's an offensive lineman. Uh, I believe he was on the Patriots uh, practice squad last year. It was the, the Bengals. Sure. I think it was the Bengals. The Bengals, yes, yes. And then we've re-signed uh, Jake Brendel, our backup center, to a one-year extension, which seems like what we've been talking about the entire year about potentially drafting a center is going to be a bit unlikely with having Alex Mack mm. and Jake Brendel coming back. Uh, is it a great thing? Who knows? We'll see yeah. what uh, the future holds. But uh, yeah, that seems like that's going to happen. And now I guess, you know, it's time to talk about the news, what we're hearing, what's happening in the Niners land. Uh, do you want to talk about the cornerback market first? Yeah, yeah, no, we, we can go over it a little bit. I mean, it's not not too much going on right now. I would expect next weekend when we come on, there's going to be a lot more oh, yeah. um, to go over, but it's, I don't know, man. I think it, I know JC Jackson, I know the Niners have a lot of interest in him and that'd be big. And I think if there's any year for the Niners, take like a big swing at corner. It's this year. Um, so I hope, I hope we see that. Um, I also just see this recent tweet from someone saying that DJ Jones has indicated to the team that he'd be willing to take a hometown discount. I love to hear that. that is music to my ears hearing that, although DJ's worth so much more, but bro, like if we, if we could bring him back somehow, some way, you know, I'd be, I'd be ecstatic about that. I can love DJ Jones. Um, but yeah, other than that, there's not too much buzz really going around the team right now. Also another piece of, uh, um, another little piece of news here. Kyle Shanahan, obviously, I think everyone kind of knows, is not, is not going to the scouting combine or didn't attend the NFL scouting combine. And that was because he was actually decided to stay back and scheme for Trey Lance. I saw the article just now. Yeah, I thought that, I thought that, I thought that was kind of cool. That's very interesting and very interesting to hear. I know in general, the Niners said this draft class was something that you know, they've looked at for the last couple of years and they said it's probably an area, a bit of a weaker draft class. Although I don't necessarily believe that. I think there's a lot of strengths in this draft class, but for positions of strength, we already have, you know, there's a lot of good uh, offensive tackles. We have pretty good tackles. There's a lot of good wide receivers. We have some pretty good wide receivers. So I, I understand why they may be, you know, they, that's why they made the trade last year to get rid of some of the picks for this year's draft. And they felt comfortable with it and getting Trey Lance. Uh, so maybe that is the reason why he didn't go to the scouting combine as well. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, and as you were mentioning about the cornerback market, I think this is the year that they may, you know, ball out and grab a veteran cornerback. Do I think they're going to spend the money to get J.C. Jackson and make him the highest paid quarterback in the league? I don't think so. I think that's all smoke. Um, could we get Stephon Gilmore? That, I think, is a bit more realistic than J.C. Jackson on a short-term deal, kind of like the Sherman deal. But that is also a long shot, I think. I think there's other veteran cornerbacks that we have a higher chance of signing. Uh, Desmond King's on the market. <laughs> so, you know, like we, we have options. But I don't see us, you know, spending the big bag to get one of those top two cornerbacks, especially when you have to save up to pay 
Nick Bosa. Maybe you're going to bring back DJ Jones or Arden Key or guys like that. You know, we don't have enough money to go and get everyone. So as much as I would love to see JC Jackson and slash or Stephon Gilmore in a Niners jersey, I highly doubt it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like, I, I would try to focus on bringing as much as the, the band back together as possible, right? Yeah. So the ones we talked about last week, Lakin, DJ, K1, and I swear I'm missing someone too, um, right? Those are kind of the main guys. Key, Arden Key. Key. Yeah, that's the other one. Thank you. Those are kind of the main ones that we want to bring back. So if we can kind of focus on bringing most, at least three out of those four guys back, even two, like we bring Lakin, and uh, and DJ, I think that's a win right there. And then kind of go off because, again, the Niners have a very, very good team already. Like, there's not many. Really, it's just the secondary that needs to be retooled. Everything else, right, and then offensive line depth, right, is kind of the big thing there because, really, it seems like everyone else is kind of penciled in. That's kind of the big – well, obviously, if they resign Lake and Tomlinson, everything will be kind of set in stone there. So – the Niners have a good, have a great team, and we talked about how weak the NFC is. It's like, you know what I'm saying? If you you bring the band yeah. back together, you you already beat the Rams twice. You you beat the Packers last season, right? But the, the Packers barely beat you in Week Three. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you look at that's our competition. Please, I'm not losing sleep over that. I'm not losing sleep over that at all. If Trey Lance can, it, it really all comes down to number five when I look at it. Like if. If Trey Lance develops and Shanahan is just on a roll with him and the team is rolling, the Niners win like you know, 12, 13 games, I, li- I like our odds to to make another run. But, you know, if Trey Lance still kind of develops, he's a year away or whatever, then maybe not. But even then, God, the, the NFC is so weak. The Niners, the, the Niners are going to end the playoffs at, you know, 9-8. and eight. Who the hell knows, right? It is, just, it's, it is just that weak. So I think in terms of competing for a championship, though, it all comes down to Trey Lance's development. And I trust Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's clearly, I mean, Kyle Shanahan put a lot of eggs in this basket. So you would expect him to put a lot of effort in. He he clearly chose something in Trey Lance. And look, he clearly had a thing for Jimmy Garoppolo. And look how that panned out, right? He clearly had a thing for Kirk Cousins. You know, Cousins hasn't won a lot, and I haven't really been fond of him. But he lit it up last year. So he, he better back up his work and actually put in work now that he has an offensive coach with him in Minnesota this year. But... Shanahan knows what he's doing. Same same with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's a great quarterback. And what he did with him that year, he had his best season, right? Shanahan, I think, mm-hmm. knows what he's doing. I know some people are kind of skeptical of him. And I cannot wait to see. Because if Trey Lance comes out next year and he plays just... I'm not expecting him to be Patrick Mahomes, but if he'd be anything like that, man, that's we're in great shape. Great shape. Especially looking, looking at the NFC because Rodgers, Rodgers is not sticking around here long term. Stafford is not sticking around here long term. This could be the Niners conference for the next 10 years if all things go to plan. Knock on wood. Yeah, that is the hope. You know, I think we're going to know a lot more next week by Wednesday, especially on that first day. You're going to see a lot of dominoes fall. That happens in almost every sport. So I'm very excited for next week's episode to talk about the moves that the Niners make, the moves that's made in the NFL, and how that's really going to dictate the rest of the offseason, the draft, and the season coming up. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And then one last thing before we end up here also, Brian Greasy, who was the Monday yep. Night Football analyst, is now the 49ers quarterback coach. I know people be flipping out, but then everybody just flips out on Twitter for no reason. But, I mean, again, there's, there's a lot of unknown to this, but, I, I mean, I'm not too worried about it. I think he'll be fine for Trey Lance. I hope it pans out, but I'm not, I don't really think too much into it. I don't know about you, though. 
Yeah, I know he had a relationship with uh, Shanahan before yeah. he went to ESPN Monday Night Football, which is why he was brought in by Shanahan. I think, you know, he has a different mindset. He did play in the NFL for many years. He has that experience and he has, you know, different tools that I think Shanahan doesn't have that could potentially help, you know, spark something, ignite something in Trey Lance and, you know, make him that elevate him to that quarterback that he needs to be. Uh, again, it, it's more of a wait and see with him. If he does great, great. Trey Lance looks great this year. We're all happy. He comes back next year as the quarterback coach. Maybe he gets a raise, a bonus, who knows. But uh, if it doesn't work out, he's just gone after this year. The one thing I did think that was kind of interesting of note about the coaching staff is we have not named an offensive coordinator for next year. And I don't think we are planning on naming an offensive coordinator next year. Uh, I think, you know, it makes sense. Uh, Anthony Lynn, who is an offensive assistant and is taking over as running back coach this year for Bobby Turner, uh, can help and fill that role of offensive uh, coordinator because he has been an OC. He has been a head coach. Uh, so he, he knows the lay of the land. He knows what to do. And Shanahan, you know, he is an offensive minded coach. He's been calling the plays. So I don't necessarily see a problem in that. I just thought we should point it out. Oh yeah, no, no, no. No one's gonna be the offensive coordinator. Shanahan, Shanahan's Shanahan calls the shots all all, all the time. Yeah. Since he started here before, like he he calls the shots. He is the offensive coordinator. The only reason, at least this is my hunch, the only reason why Mike McDaniel was promoted to offensive coordinator is so he wouldn't leave. Right. So they yeah. gave him a promotion for one more year. And Mike McDaniel did have a significant part in planning for the Niners offensive scheme every week. He did. But he he wasn't calling the shots. He just had a say in the game plan and a and a big say in it. But no, the only reason why he was offensive coordinator last year is because Shanahan's like, no, 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 you're not going anywhere. I'm keeping you for one more year. And then now he's now he's head coach of Miami. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with, with Brian Greasy. And then one last thing for, for Jimmy Garoppolo before we end off here, I gotta say this like for, for people out there who don't think to look, Jimmy G's gonna be on a new team. I guarantee you this right now, it could be two, three years of Jimmy Garoppolo not as a 49er. But if something ever happened to Jimmy Garoppolo, if somebody got in a fight with Jimmy Garoppolo, somebody says something to Jimmy Garoppolo, I guarantee you the entire 49ers roster, even with Jimmy Garoppolo off the team for three years, would go and jump that dude. Yeah, you are 1,000% correct. That should tell you something right there about the kind of dude Jimmy Garoppolo is. I wish him the best the of luck, and who knows? Next year, next year, we could be doing the whole tribute and stuff, which is what I honestly you know, assume that. And, and I hope not. I'm ready for it. I've already kind of, kind of given my flowers a little bit here and there, but officially I'm kind of ready for it. And, and, and I hope it's in the AFC, man, with Pittsburgh and India, it'll be a lot more easier to root for them than in the NFC, but we'll see where Jimmy G ends up, but that'll do it from this week's episode of the 49 away podcast next week. We'll go full out with free agency next week. A lot of stuff to get to when, when the, the next domino will fall, as Chevy said earlier. And of course, where will Jimmy Garoppolo end up from there? But that'll do it from here, and we will see y'all next week. And don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the 49er Way podcast. Keep it locked. we got a lot more free agency content coming your way. And don't forget to give the 49er Way a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis.